All right. Patrick. Sarah, Pat- how are we doing? Patrick, we are so good. It's the Politi Perspective. We are now heading towards like... What would you even call this? Are we in the, we're like not in the middle of summer. We're heading towards the end of summer, 2020. Five months this week. Five months? Is that what it's been from like COVID stuff? March, uh, March 13th was the last day that, you know, a majority of our employees were in the facility. Wow. Today is what? The 11th. So five months. It is. That is crazy. So it's been five months. Insane. All right. And we know we're going to probably have at least another five months. Are you thinking that? Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, I, I think we're, I think the pattern we're in right now does not change until there's a vaccine. Okay. Well, yeah, I want to ask you about that because Russia came out this morning. They claim they have a vaccine. Yes. So I, but we have a ton to cover, by the I way. I have a flight to Russia tomorrow morning. <laughs> Would you even trust their vaccine? Yes. You would? It's Russia. Well, what's going to happen to me? Our number one enemy. You would. You would actually a, trust them? Listen, you get uh, grow a third leg, an arm. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust them at all. Not. Not. I would never test. Would you ever really be a test subject here in the United States? One hundred percent. I believe that we have much stricter laws about vaccines. Russia, I would think that they have to do a lot of outside testing in Europe before I would accept it here. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think, I think in this case, I would get it. I mean, really, I don't. I mean, it depends on what side effect side effects are li- they're listing, but why not? <laughs> well. I would, I mean, again, like I mean, people, hold on, people take a flu vaccine, right? Yes. And it only works 40% of the time. Right. I mean, this theory that somehow we're going to come up with a vaccine for COVID that will eliminate it. No. Now, if it works 70% of the time, 60% of the time, that's going to be great. Right. Especially if it works well. I mean, you already have majority of people under 50, 60 years old who get it. You know, they're fine. Um, what, what I'm, and I've been reconciling my brain with this for the last three months and even more so now as, you know, yesterday, the big 10 college football announced most likely they're going to cancel. Okay. Um, yet, yet they're playing youth soccer, youth football. I mean, I'm sorry, youth, youth baseball, youth soccer all over the Northeast and all over, you know, all these States. I, so I'm reconciling that in my head. And then I see like breaking news, three people from the football team in you know whatever college have COVID. Okay. So three people have it. People are going to get it. Like, when did it become there was going to be no cases? Like, keep remember, we're going to flatten the curve. Then we're going to do this. And listen, some states have flattened, some states have not. Sure. So that's a state by state thing. You know, New York, New Jersey got off to a terrible start. They flattened. Maryland. positivity rate. To me, that's more than flat, right? You have other states, 1%, 2%. And then you have states, 5%, 6%, 7%. They haven't flat. But overall, for the most part, the curve has been flat. Okay, so you're in favor of the Big Ten carrying on. Yes. I I think Trevor Lawrence, who's the quarterback, star quarterback, All-American, former national champ, um, from Clemson, 
probably going to be the number one pick in next year's draft in the NFL, came out and said, listen, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, basically, we're, we're, we're in a confined environment. We're quarantining. We're in a bubble. If people get it, they have the health care they need. Okay. They'll be separated from the team. He said, in his opinion, the, the probability of the athletes getting it will go up if they're at home rather than on campus. Okay. And he said, in a lot of these cases, these kids, a lot of these kids come from, you know, less, you know, tougher neighborhoods and, 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 and maybe not have the healthcare resources they need or, or, or the, or the resources they need. And they're going to be going out, going to parties, what have you in a non organized structured environment why do you think they're going to be more susceptible to getting it on campus than off campus this theory that because five players from clemson football team get it you got to cancel seasons i I'm, i'm not sure i reconcile that i mean i see both sides but so, okay, Patrick, you make a good point, right? Hockey is being played in Canada. Actually, they seem to have it really under control. You've got we the- talked about the Premier League, right? Sorry to cut you off. Yes, we, no, we go ahead. About, we talked about the Premier League, did it exceptionally well. Now the Champions League and Europa is going on very well. Basketball seemed to figure it out. The NBA, you know, a couple of people early, but now they're, they're doing extremely well. The WNBA is doing very well. Hockey's doing extremely well. And baseball, other than the Marlins and the Cardinals, who, by the way, didn't follow protocols, some of their players. Some went to a casino. Some went to a party or a bar, which clearly was a dumb thing. Other than that, baseball's chucking along, right? So why can't college football? Patrick, do you think that college football is the target right now because there is so much discussion all the time that these guys do not get paid? You know, yes. do you well, think I this think is that's part of okay. I do. I listen, I think I do think it's harder for a university to force kids to play um when they don't get paid. And and also if you have college football, you have to have all the other sports. You can't have college football and then tell the women's soccer team they can't play. Okay, got it. So I do think you know it's all in comp- it's all or nothing, right? Okay, I think on, on on college campuses. Plus, they're not being paid. Plus, they still have to go to class. So it's it's not like they could be like a professional athlete who can truly be in a hotel bubble, right? Right. You know, now I'm sure they could figure out that the college football team or all the athletes are are can do Zoom call classes again. By no means am I saying this is easy. I'm not. Sure. But at the same time, what drives me crazy is breaking news. Three people from Georgia, you know, the school opened up. Three kids have it. And right. a teacher. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, they have it. Well, it but, seems but, like... I, I, I mean, like, am I Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe you know, I, I don't know. I... I I just I just think this theory that we're expecting zero cases 
you know, don't get me started with the teachers and the unions and stuff because I'm just, you know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Get you started. Get you... No, I know your thoughts. But wait, I have a follow-up question for the college football stuff. They seem to be harping on the fact, I guess, and you you know better than I do when it comes to sports. There's a player who, who got COVID and then now has long-term uh, heart issues. Yeah. You know, some sort of heart condition. I'm not, I don't know the correct name. But they're okay. essentially saying that can lead to, and it's a very small chance it could of cardiac yeah, and, arrest and you know what there's players who've died on the field there's players who've gotten paralyzed sure. there's players who've had career life-threatening injuries there's players who have had um all kinds of health issues so yeah i mean that that you know that that like we're picking out these one-offs you know, a kid who probably had a pre-existing heart condition or some underlying thing that now has been exacerbated by, it, you know, who knows? It could, he could have gotten mono and it could have also rela- related to sure. some sort of, and again, I, I you know, uh, let the medical professionals determine what he had or what he didn't have. I just think the hysteria around a couple ki- kids or students getting it has to stop. It has to stop. That's not where this was headed. And again, this also does not mitigate how poorly I think it's been handled. Well, I was that was but, my follow-up question. So, so again, yeah. I, I go back to my two things can be true. Okay. We're at where we're at, right? If I think if it had handed if it had been handled more aggressively, more protocols, more seriously by the administration and some states, you'd probably be playing college football. Right. So I think you got to also look at the blame here. And I, you made a great point, Sarah. I really think this, at the end of the day, comes down to it's very difficult to have college athletes, even though they want to play. They, I'm sure most of those athletes, they went to school. They want to play college football. They love the game. A lot of them, it's their, it's their, it's their um, key to the, to, to the next level. But yet they're not being paid. They're not being compensated. Right. You have, okay, who, you know, who's responsible if they get it? Well, you know, and, then, and you and talk then, about and then, mismanagement. And then the issues just cascade from there, right? Yeah. And you talk about mismanagement, right? You had Tennessee uh, initially having players sign a waiver who are not getting paid, that then the school was not responsible if they got COVID. So there was a mismanagement. Then they reversed that decision. Um, Listen, nothing the NCAA does or their major schools, I shouldn't say nothing. 99% of the time, okay. everything the NCAA does or major universities from the athletic side does not put the student athletes first. It's they put the school first. They put the money first. Right. They put, they put the bigger picture first. The athletes tend to be fourth, fifth or sixth on that list. And that's the problem. Right. And I yeah. think at the end of the day, Beside the the mismanagement and where we are in some states with, with the positivity rates and all that, I think the, one of the major issues that we're not going to have potentially not have college football is because of them not putting the student athletes first. And listen, the other thing too is that you have a lot of these smaller universities, mid level programs that can't afford. Right, they can't afford all the protocols and the testing and and the quarantining and the bubbling and you know and on and on and on. So they just we're not going to play. 
So, Patrick, where are we at? Because I actually had read this morning, you know, obviously Harbaugh, who coaches in Michigan, you know, they are advocating for a delay of season, but not a cancellation. And it seems like it, the headline has gotten kind of twisted because it really yeah, sounds so I like... Don't, there was, you know, I, I don't, as as we're taping this right now, I, I honestly don't know. So yesterday it was reported the Big Ten's canceling. It's, it was reported by multiple sources they were supposed to vote last night. I believe they said they voted 12 to 2 to cancel. Okay. But I'm not sure it's officially canceled yet. Okay. So there may be some sort of, you know, reprieve in terms of delay. Like to me is just what, why not move the season? Why not move the entire college football season to the spring? There's a thought too. I mean, you know. Like why not? Be creative. Move it to the spring. Right, and you give know, people college, more time. College football in the spring would be kind of awesome. It's away from the NFL. Um, it'd give them a lot of times to see where things go and do the protocols. Uh, now, it would mess up with the NFL draft, so you'd have a lot of players who would opt out. But okay. But if the goal is to have college football, I don't see why you can't start You know, right after the Super Bowl, uh, you know, mid-Feb, and, and play to May. You know, you could have a 10-game season. There's an idea. You're right. It'd give people a lot more time and smaller schools a chance to figure out how they could, you know, figure out proper right. testing. Yeah, instead of just canceling it overall. Okay. We kind of started with sports today. Is there anything else? I know you were tweeting about Barry Bonds, obviously, the uh, baseball player, not being el- or not being voted into the Hall yeah. of Fame. Um, and it seemed like you were advocating that he deserves to be in I the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to be in, I think. Conseco deserves to be in. I think Manny Sosa deserves to be in. I think Pete Rose deserves to be in. What Pete Rose? No, that gambling addict. Are so you what? kidding? He was the. He might be the best, one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter of all time. Betting on his own games. You can't so have what? that. So what? So what? Get get over yourself, Hall of Fame. You know what? These, Barry these, Bonds, they, alleged no. steroid user. 60, you want to 70, 60, 70, 80 year old writers who oh the history of the game. Bullshit. Barry Bonds is one of the greatest five baseball players of all time. Put him in the hall. You want to put an asterisk next to it and said for a period of time there was he maybe, you know, he questionable use steroids. Who cares? You know how many people were using steroids? Tons. Tons. What is that say to play? Now, do you believe players like Derek Jeter played clean or they just didn't get caught? No, I think my guess is Jeter probably played clean. But okay, that, then so that's what? not fair to him. You're telling me that guy worked so hard. He played Barry clean. Bonds, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before it's alleged he was taking steroids. He would have been a If he ended his career the year he started steroids, he'd still be in the Hall of Fame. That's how good he was. Okay, but you should have called. He should have stopped it then. It's like Lance Armstrong. No one would have found out that Lance was I, honestly, using. Honestly, I put Lance Armstrong in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? <laughs> he yeah. was a dope user. So they no. were, by the way, they were all doping. Well, then you, that, too bad. Then you make the rules. Everybody can dope or nobody Stop. can dope. You know, you know what's crazy after the whole Barry no, Bonds and Seiko Sosa thing? You started realizing pitchers were uh, using steroids. Pitchers were, were doing enhanced drugs and, and, and this thing and that thing. Then they he, should not be in the Hall of Fame. That is like saying if NBC4 bought views and then they won all these Emmys while Fox 5 did not buy views, are you telling me that those people still deserve Emmys even though they cheated the system? Hell whoa, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. That's totally like, that, no, that's, you can't come. That's not yes, a fair you comparison. Can. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. 
What? <laughs> that is that is that is like other okay, local uh, TV uh, stations so buying viewers. Since, since you're talking about Channel Four, I'll use an example. If you found out that the last three years of Jim Vance's career, he used a voice analysis machine because he really couldn't talk and it made his voice sound better. Jim Vance still deserves to be in the broadcasting hall of fame. Right? Uh, I would argue no. I mean, are we going to play- are we going to play clean or are we not going to play clean? I mean, that is that is crazy. You would absolutely not. And if this was a competitor of yours in local television, you would be screaming to the rooftops no, listen, about how they should be disqualified. Here, listen, cheating is bad. I guess what I'm saying is I think you have to look at the totality of their career, how great they were. The other thing is – if Barry Bonds was the only cheater, the only one that ever got caught, that was alleged, that was speculated, he is the only cheater during that period of time. Yes, you're right. He does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's not the case. Because other people were doing it, it makes it right. Who cares if they no, were right? but, but it evens the playing field. And then you have to look at his career stats and say – I put him in with an asterisk. That's it. That's my opinion. I put Pete Rose in. I put I put them all in. Well, you know what? As of now, now it listen, seems like if you're if you're a borderline Hall of Famer, and two or three of those years put you over the top, then you don't deserve to be in. My point is Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer after his first six or seven years. That's it. That's how great he was. He was the Willie Mays of my generation, right? Hey, and, I don't and, doubt and listen, that. Part of it is, you know, people didn't like him. They thought he had an attitude. That None of that matters. People forget how great Barry Bonds was. People forget how great Pete Rose was. They deserve to be in the hall, in my Okay, well. But I'm not, listen, I'm not a voter, so. Needless to say, Bonds did not make it. And I think he only has eligibility until what, 2023 or Sarah, something? I should be a voter. <laughs> well, you petition the MLB. Go for it. I happen to disagree with you. I think, you know, it's also about integrity. And those guys chose the easy way out when stuff got tough. Unlike you've got Jeter, you have other people who did A-Rod. A-Rod should not be in the Hall of Fame, despite the fact that A-Rod was great. Oh, my God. A-Rod should be in the Hall of Fame. Don't use steroids. Don't use them. No. Okay. All right. We'll move on. Let's talk <laughs> local DC stuff. A lot happening yeah. and sadly, um, huge resurgence in violent resurgence in violence over the weekend in DC with 21 people shot at a party. Um, I believe it was in Southeast DC or Anacostia. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, I think it's pretty discouraging at this point. You have Bowser, you have Newsham kind of coming out after the fact, well, we should have broke this party up. You even had them. Well, post- Newsham came out and actually said, I believe the quote was, we didn't have enough police or resources to break up the party. I think there, I don't want to sound like a complete alarmist, alarmist. However, I think a lot of this country is <laughs> missing something right now that's going on. And it's, it's, and, and, and put the systemic racism aside for one second. You want to reform the police departments. You want to reform protocols. You want to increase training. 
you want to re-educate, you want to call for uh, uh, racial uh, training or, or unconscious bias training is actually what it's called. I'm all for all of that. I would take some money from these departments and I would, I would use it on all of that. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, what's happening right now is these mayors and city leaders in cities like Seattle and Chicago and Portland. And I, I'm not even, I'm not going to put mayor Bowser in this category because I believe she has been very vocal in support of police. I think I'd put the DC council in this category, but not mayor Bowser. Okay. Police need to know that they have the leadership of their city, their County, their state behind them. And they also have to know that they're going to hold looters, rioters, violent criminals, people who use illegal weapons, they're going to prosecute and they're going to hold them accountable. Otherwise, it becomes anarchy. It becomes chaos. It becomes untenable. And I think that's what's happening in a lot of these cities. I mean, Chicago had a police-involved shooting. And again, I don't know all the facts about the shooting, but immediately you had what appeared to be an organized looting riot took place right on Magnificent Mile in downtown Chicago, very high-end shopping district, Yep, destroying business after business after business after business. And yes, the mayor came out with a strong voice, but the mayor's been weak prior to this. Chicago's crime rate is through the roof. New York's crime rate is through the roof. Portland, Seattle, on and on. Enough. Like, Listen, two things, you can do two things. You could reform the police department and and do everything you can to get rid of systemic racism. At the same time, you can support your police department. You just had the the chief of police, I believe, uh, in Seattle resign this morning. Yes, you did. That's right. She did. Due to lack of support. Yep. You had, I believe, a chief in a – it was a relatively big – region or city resign and said that he's tired of getting lumped in with the cities that don't do it well. He resigned. The chief of police in Chicago came out yesterday and said, the reason that this is going on because there's no, no one faces consequences in this country. No one's held accountable for their poor actions. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, listen, if and this is the society you want, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You know, they said, oh, you know, listen, we, we debated whether, you know, the, the feds should have been in Portland, probably unconstitutional, protecting federal buildings. You know, everyone in Portland and, and you know, was saying, well, they got to go. They're, they're the ones who created the violence. So they, they left. Portland has seen another four, five, six terrible nights of violence, fires, burning buildings. Like, I mean, Sarah, at some point you have to, you can't let society get out of hand like this. You just can't. I mean, in Chicago, as you saw, you have the bridges up. You know, for the first time ever, I believe all bridges were up. So people cannot get into downtown uh, Chicago to loot. I mean, it's certain. Look, I don't know the answers either. I think you make some good points. I'd be curious and it would be fascinating to be on the inside. I don't know what the answer is, but it seems like. I'm going to tell you the answer. I think you can do both. You can accomplish both things. And again, I keep 
I keep giving her praise, you know, for someone who like, listen, at times I thought, you know, you know, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, took a back step when she should have taken a front step. Uh, I, I think Mayor Bowser's tone has been the right one. Okay. Right? I, and I think she, she supported Newsham. The council has it. She understands that you have to keep citizens safe and you have to protect your city. And she also understands that if businesses can't operate in a city like Washington, the city's toast. The other thing these cities have to think about, Sarah, is what's the new norm after COVID, right? And the concern if I ran New York, okay, it's the financial capital world, but you know what? You don't need to be in New York anymore. What, what we've learned over the last five months is you don't need to be in the city where your company is. No, right? you unless can you're work a retailer. Anywhere. I mean, unless you're selling tangible product, right? Or you're a broadcaster or nurse or whatever. But the financial, you know, the, the law the law firms, the insurance companies, sure. they could be anywhere. Any online retail why, company. Why would you live in a Washington DC or a New York City or a California and pay 10, 11, 12 percent state income tax? have violence, have high housing costs, huge. Everything, huge, everything cost. Yeah. Food. When you could be like you and be in Maine. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, it is beautiful no, here. I, like, North I'm Carolina. being serious. Yeah. And again, you know, it doesn't take, if it's 5% or 10%, that's enough to put the tax base of a major city. These major cities are already broke. Now take 10% away. Take 15% away. They're done. They can't sustain the resources. They can't sustain, you know, they can't manage. So so these big cities, you got crime rates going up, taxes going up, looting going on, violence. And oh, by the way, most people can work from a lot of different cities and places now. Uh, yeah, you make a great point. I mean, you make a great point. Why would Sarah, you want you to- you said that three times this morning. I'm like, <laughs> I must have taken my steroids this morning. You're making some good points today, except for Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. But uh, no, but I think we're seeing that, aren't we? We are seeing more young people leaving the city. I think, and we don't even know because I think the, the obviously the focus has been on people contracting COVID, but we don't even know yet how many people are exiting New York City. You know, we don't because. Oh, yeah, we don't, but we won't uh, know for a while, but I'm telling you, it's going to be it's massive. Gonna be, I it's agree. It's going to be massive. And, and by the way, it's the people who can afford to leave. And it's the people sure. who are paying the high tax base who are leaving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Leaving, unfortunately, the people who need those tax dollars to help them with resources with less. Yeah. And it is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Why would you want to live in a Washington, D.C.? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and when you think of a place like Chicago. I think Washington's isolated a little or insulated, I should say, not isolated a little bit because, listen, you got you got to be on the hill. You got a lobby. You got a lot of things that the city does from from the nation's capital side of things has to be there. 
Look at but, uh, and look at our entertainment business, right? I think you're seeing obviously NBC went through massive layoffs last this past week. You know, you're also seeing entertainment can be done from people's living rooms. Yeah, you know, I mean, I look at a city like Chicago. What you know, what they do, law firms, banking, financial. You don't need to be in Chicago. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Really, it's so true. Like, um, honestly, would you move to Chicago right now? No, I wouldn't. But see, no. but I want to move to Los Angeles because I love Hollywood. You know, I love all of what LA does. But LA, but LA's different. LA is so spread. There's no really downtown. I mean, there's a downtown LA, but it's not like it's so spread out. Like you could be living in Los Angeles and be in, you know, yeah. Orange County or the Valley or like, like, and you're still technically in Los Angeles. I mean, yeah, other than the suburbs of Chicago, listen, you know, when you have, you know, the gold coast of Chicago getting looted, yeah, you got a problem. Well, you do. And even if you said to me, Hey, would you want to move to New York? It wouldn't be my first choice. You know, I think New York city is kind of losing. Not, not with that mayor. <laughs> It's lost a lot of its charm, which is sad because 15 or 20 years ago, not even that long ago, seven, eight years ago, New York was the place to be. So it is sad yeah. to see, I think, that city. And I think, to and your I point. I think that's where Mayor Bowser has, over the last four, five, six months, I think she's recognized that. That, like, you have to sustain the, the livability of a city. And, you know and, and not only the livability, the, the retail, you, know, yeah. you, you don't want retailers pulling. Like, listen, at the end of the day, why is a retailer going to be in, in areas that aren't protected? Move they're out. not. They're not. Business owners, you know, the big argument in Chicago, at least, and again, the, the couple of people that news outlets interviewed said, well, this is kind of reparations and people should be able to go in and loot and take what they want so they can put clothes on their body. They can eat. Right. And they say, well, these companies have insurance. But the truth is, as you know, you you run a major business. I mean, every time you have some yeah, sort of damage. That's the one time. And then I'm moving my business. <laughs> well, also, you, then your cost increases. You know what I mean? If your place and gets by the looted, way, they're not only looting major like you've seen in New York and yes. other cities, they're looting, you know, the local bodega, the local convenience store, the guy who's owned a restaurant for, you know, 20 years and barely surviving through COVID. So I have one more quick thing to ask you about D.C. Uh, D.C. Police Union did a survey teamed up with Gotham where they say that residents, 86 percent of D.C. residents want the same or more police officers in their neighborhood. Seventy percent of D.C. residents have favorable impressions of officers in their neighborhood. They go on and on, essentially saying, at least in their own research, that this whole idea of defund police, the D.C. residents don't want that. Do you think that's true? I think it's true. I can't speak to the research. You know, listen, the union did their own research. They did team um, up with Gotham, independent, they, you know. They but did. And, and just because, right, and just because they're the ones who put it on doesn't mean it's less credible than other research. Uh, but the premise, I believe, yeah, I believe. I believe that most people, I don't want to say look favorably toward police, but certainly re I think want, want the protections and, and, and the safety net that police officers provide. You yeah. Know, listen, I, I, with, with, with certain also rights 
an understanding of 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 the communities and 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 how they can better serve yeah and 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 all that stuff right i mean all that has to happen too right but if that happens i think most people would absolutely want the same amount of police if not more well, it will be, yeah, I mean, obviously over the fall, we'll see what shakes out. I'm not sure when the police budget renews. I know they were calling for some cuts, but I think, like you said, Mayor Bowser's really come out and defended the police and, you know, wa- I wanted to increase the budget. I'm not sure where that stands, but. Um, yeah, listen, I think you got to. Um, I th- there was a rush to appease you know, yes. appease the, 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 the cause at this point, you know, take your time, look at it, you know, get experts in community leaders, you know, citizens, Black Lives Matter uh, leadership, police leadership, um, current and, and, and older, and I don't mean older in age, but, you know, you know, more, you know, people have been around, uh, and then talk to officers, right? Yeah. Is anybody talking to the officers? Yeah, forget about them. what they need. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, but, but you never hear that conversation. I don't know. I don't know. You don't hear that one. You don't. Um, we haven't even gotten to a lot of our show prep. How did you feel? You know, yesterday, obviously, uh, President Bush was briefly, ta- uh, President Bush, Bre- President Trump was briefly taken out of his uh, press conference that he was doing. Uh, someone was shot outside the White House. Overall, we didn't talk a lot of politics on today's episode. Still no announcement from Sleepy Joe. Yeah, they're saying a- it's coming in the next couple of days, right? Okay, okay. Uh, anything with Trump that you want to talk about politics-wise? Uh, the, only thing I'll, the only thing I'll note on August 11th, which so we're, um, you know, basically three months from the election, a little less, uh, the polls are tightening. Really? Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh you know, each poll, Zogby, Gallup, Wall Street Journal, NBC, you know, Biden's still ahead and he's still ahead in most of the swing states. Okay. But it's much, much tighter. In some cases, you know, two to three or within the margin. Uh, you know, I do think, let me rephrase. I don't think Biden can win the election anymore by just staying in his basement. I don't. I, I think it's getting... It's getting old now. I think it's, and no pun intended you know, in reference to his age. I just think it's getting, um, the, the, at some point you have to show leadership and what you stand for. And I think it can't only be a referendum on Trump. Now, maybe buy and win the election. Okay. I think he has to be a little bit proactive, right? You know, it's like sports analogy. You know, I, I think he's got to go for the first down one or one or two times. And if he gets those first downs, he wins the election. All right. But I think if he keeps punting the ball and trying to play defense, I think you know he may get a late score on him and lose. So, so you know, I, I, I think he has to be cautious that um, he doesn't go too defensive and, and lose the game. Oof. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we are going to see. We're, we're what, like less than 90 days away I mean, or I something? I think, you know, the, you know, the debates are going to be very interesting. You know, very interesting. And people, uh, people have short-term memories, you know? So I think the, that the 
obviously, I, you know, I, I'm going to be voting for Biden. But I think for the Trump camp, you know, people have short memories as far as how he's handling Black Lives Matter, how COVID, you know, because like you said, those right. debates are going to be so close to the election. The Biden what tax happens- plan, the Biden tax plan is so cumbersome. I think. When he released his tax plan about a week and a half ago, his $3 trillion tax plan, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the top bracket from 37 to 39.6, Social Security wouldn't have a cap um, and other stuff. You know, I think that um, I think there's people who they're not their, their paychecks are tight right now. Uh, and again, the people making paying thirty nine percent tax don't aren't necessarily tight right now. But you know what? It, you you see that, but you know you live to your means, right? And in some of these suburbs, where if you think you're going to get hit by another two point six percent on um, on on the top end of your federal income tax, and then you know your social security, which now I believe is capped around one. If you make one hundred and fifty, if you're being if you're still paying social security all the way up to four hundred, um, you know, you could yeah. change your vote. You absolutely can. Right, right. Listen, at the end of the day, people vote. I believe for their safety and for their finances. Half and half. Yep. Everything else, you know, morality and Trump's tweets and, you know, foreign policy, blah, blah, blah. It's safety. <laughs> Are you going to keep me safe, my kids safe, my family safe? And right now, is Trump seen as someone who can keep you safe? Maybe on law enforcement, but certainly not on COVID. So I think that's where he's losing on, on that. But from an economic and financial standpoint, he stole, mm-hmm. I think, ahead by like one or two. Used to be ahead by fifteen. Um, if jobs keep coming back, he does really well in the debates, um, and Biden looks lost. If he looks confused, that would I be think rough. Trump can. I still think Trump has a shot to squeeze this out, but he has to get it to within three or four. I think he could be down four in the in in the popular vote. Okay. And still squeeze out the states. But if he's down six, seven or eight, there's not enough votes for him to squeeze out the states. All right. Well, I'm hoping you're wrong. And these uh, polls do not get that close. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Trump resigns and has to leave for other reasons and starts the Trump network. So anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, look, do you have to, you probably have to get out of here, right? Yeah, I got two oh, minutes. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, that's, what else? What else? Uh, you know, I've been married. I just celebrated my one year wedding anniversary. Whoa, you've, congrats. You, thank you. I mean, you've been married for many years. What's your one piece of advice, you know, to, to for a good marriage to keep going? Well, for the, for the male, just don't say much. <laughs> No, I'm okay, kidding. I'll I'm give Dan that advice. Okay. Which, by the way, I don't listen to. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to. I'm sure you're very opinionated. No, I think. <laughs> I think. Like, no, all kidding aside, just listen. Patience, right? There's a lot of up and downs. I think you're yeah. going to. Um, Listen, you've had a, you've been through a lot in your first year. <laughs> no kidding. No, I mean, Crazy I seriously, molar, I mean, you've had, yeah. you've, you've had personal health issues. Yep. You've had obviously COVID you've had and, and I, yet you seem happy and 
Sounds like it sounds like Dan's a great guy. Uh, Dan is very level headed, as you can imagine. Uh, you've known me for a long time. I can be I can be an emotional roller coaster. He seems to he seems to weather that storm well. So far, so good. But you know, you got to ask me year to year, so we'll see. And, and listen, you got to support. You know, yes. You know, you know, you got to support each other in, in whatever you want to do in your endeavors. Yep. I would not be where I'm at without. Kristen, like not even close. I'd be who knows doing what. So you just, you know, you, you, um, you do, you do your best, right? I love it. Yes. And um, hope you wake up and you're in your 15. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Um, all right. Well, you've got to go. Um, well, obviously we only got to a few things this week, so we'll, we'll get a lot more next week. We will. Okay. All right, Sarah. You got it. Bye Patrick. <laughs>